Welcome to episode 171 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talked to Tim Seston. And I have to tell you right off the bat, sometimes in the world of podcasting, we get some technical glitches. And in this particular case, the technical glitch happened to be my whole side of the conversation. So what you're about to hear is Tim's reactions to talking to me and our conversation. It's all his side, but I think we edited it together. And by we, I mean I. I think I edited it together in a way that makes sense. And you'll understand everything that Tim's talking about. And you'll understand the flow of the conversation just by listening to Tim's side. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you don't want to hear my side. But maybe you do, and don't worry, in the future that will happen, but I want to thank Tim and Regina for being very patient with me. Um, I wanted to get this episode out last week, but it took some heavy editing, as we say in the biz. But that's you know that may or may not be uh, important information to you, but what is, is hearing from Tim, who's got a brand new record out called On a Roll, and he is prolific. He's always doing something. There's something going on, and I love talking to him and hearing about all of those things, like Facebook Live concerts, and he's doing stuff you know, in schools and he's recording and he's always very, very busy. There's a lot of great information in this episode, including sort of the, uh, the meaning behind the, the record on a roll. And, and you just heard a little bit of the title song on a roll. And I think you're going to want to hear what this is all about. Tim is, is a, he's a good one. He's a good one. I, I, I don't know another way to say it other than he's a good one. And we had a, um, really open conversation and he talked about where he lives and his family and I think that he is he is the best so you should uh, you should hear this you should hear this and you know you should also drop me a line Mike at goodstuffpod.com think you got some good stuff send it my way find me on social media Instagram Twitter Facebook I mean I don't really this you know like social media thing is like an up and down thing are people on Facebook I don't know are people on Twitter probably not are people on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one to focus on. I mean, if I'm wrong, let me know. Any social media gurus out there. If I'm wrong in thinking that the uh that that people are into the um into the Instagram, just let me know. You don't you really you may, you may or may not be really interested in my thoughts on social media and what is what people are responding to. Or you may not. You're probably not. But anyway, you should listen now to something you will be very interested in, which is Tim Seston talking about his career, his life, and his brand new record, On a Roll. Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear the song On a Roll all the way through, and we'll talk then. Cool? Cool. Good stuff. Thanks for having me, Mike. Um, I am. I, I live in Concord, Massachusetts. Um, I am. Uh, my wife is the dean of students at Concord Academy, and so we live on campus. Yeah, it's a it's a high high school uh, kids grade nine nine through twelve. Um, we have about 160 boarders, 170 boarders, um, and my wife and I live on a in a small house uh, in an apartment on the edge of campus. We've been here 19 years. A lot of my music came from my own family. Um, 
I, I grew up in the Chicago area and uh, my, my mom um, was, was someone who always sang to us. Um, I had an older brother and a younger sister uh, and we took long car rides to, to Maine every summer um, and did a lot of singing in the car. Uh, and then, you know, probably when I was 12, when I was 12, um, I had uh, two, two sisters that were born um, that sort of made me think about, you know, what, what does it mean to sort of sing to kids that are a lot younger than you? Um, and so I did a lot of singing with, with my sisters, Katie and Becca, when, you know, when I was a teenager and they were, they were infants. Um, and so I think when I had my own kids, you know, it made, made a lot of sense to, to sort of go back and revisit some of all that, all that same kind of stuff. Um, I started off as a, as a storyteller, um, writing a lot of my own stories uh, for my oldest son, Charlie, and then um, was hired as a, as a preschool teacher uh, teaching, teaching music and just learned more and more songs and started turning some of those stories into songs and then um, just writing, you know, writing songs uh, as songs themselves rather than stories first. And so, you know, it's been a, an evolution. But yeah, I think it's a lot of lot of family, a lot of storytelling, a lot of just really enjoying, uh, you know, kids and 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 you know the kinds of fun things that they do themselves. Back back into my in my own childhood, um, my mom was a, was someone who always wrote uh, uh, like rhyming clues. Um, so back you know on Easter Easter or you know just as a as a fun activity, she would she would send us out on scavenger hunts. Um, you know answering uh, answering the different questions and then i sort of became that that person when um when the twins were born um when my little sisters were born and um you know would write those i remember even in college um i was in uh i was i was you know my my, my then uh, girlfriend now my wife and i were in boston and my sisters were out visiting and uh the four of us went through harvard square with you know, one of them and I writing clues, and then the other one um, with with my with my girlfriend at the time, sort of following the clues. Um, and we'd sort of, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm a relatively prolific writer. Um, it's it's fun to sort of grab these rhymes pretty quickly, and so we would always stay, you know, five minutes ahead of of the other pair, and and you know, and try to be as clever as we could get. Um, so yeah, that was that was sort of the storytelling always came naturally in in that kind of. Uh, in that kind of way. And so I, I would do uh, toasts for weddings, you know, when I was in my twenties, um, I, you know, I would do lots of parodies, you know, picking up on songs that we'd sung as kids or that were sort of popular at the time. And I would do a few of those. And then when my own children were born, it just made a lot of sense to start writing stories for them. Um, and then figuring out ways to, to use those stories to, uh, to sort of find a, a wider audience. And, and that's, you know, so my, it really, it really became sort of a professional career, you know, thirteen years ago when my when my oldest son was born. The very first story I wrote um, was was a song called uh, it was a story called Chilly Little Charlie. Um, it was about you know Charlie was one. He was six months at the time, um, and uh, you know it was you know little Charlie was trying to sleep in his diaper without a peep through the window. A north wind blew from his mouth came a loud achoo. And every time that I've, I've written, you know, any story that I've written tends to have that, um, you know, that sing-song cadence, much like, you know, you, you think of Dr. Seuss or, you know, any number of, of children's books. And so I think, you know, when, when, the, when the rhyme scheme is such that, that it sounds 
even in even in the, in the speaking voice, it sounds like a song. It's very natural to then you know see what kind of melody you can you can put together. So even that very first one, you know, I have um, you know I, I turned it into a song. I used to sing it to Charlie when he was going to sleep. Uh, one of my twin boys, Luke, uh, has a piano teacher um, that he's been working with since he was four, and she sort of showed me that hey, you know, you don't have to know. Um, everything yourself. You, you know, you're 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 a very you know good lyricist. You know your your songs. You've turned them. You found melodies. But I can help you, and the studio can help you sort of put all the um, all all the other pieces together. And so once I started figuring that out, I think that was that was a really big jump in in, in my career. Um, so you know, going to the studio and having you know a, a professional sound engineer and someone who was giving me critical feedback on my voice and you know, saying, "Hey, what do you think about you know putting this instrument in in into this arrangement?" Um, and that was really helpful. Um, and so I credit Anne and uh, Anne Silverman, who was Luke's music teacher, and sort of helping me go that way. Um, then on a roll, which is this new album released in June, um, was uh, something that I went back to the same studio and you know had a lot of songs from my you know from from this last you know 13 years. That I wanted to put together in in sort of a more um, in 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 a in a way that sort of made much more sense to to sort of what was going on in my life at at, at the time. Um, so that's number three, and then number four is is in the works. Well, so on a roll, I'm uh, I'm on the board of the Children's Music Network, um, and I, I go to the conference every you know every every year. It's usually in October. It's coming up uh, you know next month. Uh, we'll, we'll all be out in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, again, I, I usually bring my son, Luke. Um, and we were out in Chicago three years ago. And we went to our first workshop was a workshop led by Andrea Green, um, who was talking about her Emmy-winning uh, um, production of uh, a documentary that, that sort of tracked her last 30 years, um, doing a, a musical called On the Other Side of the Fence. Uh, she's a she's a children's artist in uh, out of Philadelphia, and she works um, with a school uh, called the HMS School for Kids with Ch with Cerebral Palsy, and also with a with a local independent school uh, called I think the Germantown Friends School. And she was she she's done this this musical thirty plus years ago. I think it's thirty three years ago now, um, where kids who who um, you know were were part of the school for kids with cerebral palsy were teamed up with the kids from Germantown Friends, and they were you know making this musical together. So Luke and I went to this this workshop, um, and immediately you know Luke Luke wheels in with his wheelchair and. And Andrea immediately sort of catches sight of him. He's one of the few kids in the room. It's mostly adults. And, uh, you know, she asks him some questions. And, you know, he's all smiles. And she says, um, you know, do you play any instruments? And he, and he says, yeah, I play piano. And so she invited him up to, to play the piano. And that started a, a really great friendship. Um, and so over the course of the weekend, you know, we're hanging out with Andrea a lot that weekend. And on Sunday morning, um, they're telling jokes with each other at breakfast, and Andrea says, "Hey, Luke, that was really funny." And he and he turns to her and he says, "Yeah, I'm on a roll." And and she says, "Well, if you don't, if Tim, if you don't write that song, you know, in the next week or so, I, I'm going I'm going to take the idea." And I said, "No, I'm I'm definitely going to write it." And um, and so I thought about, all right, 
how, how did Luke and I, you know, travel and what, what does this experience mean to us? And so I thought it was about, you know, where we are in Massachusetts and, you know, going to Cape Cod in the summertime and, you know, and driving through New York City and having friends in New York City and going down to Philadelphia for, for Kindycom and then going down to D.C., you know, just because it's a, it's a great place to, um, to visit with a family. And it just it made a lot of sense. And so, you know, food and music and different places sort of put all the, all the, all the pieces together. And it was just a lot of fun to think about the word role and how all that word was sort of being used. And so all of those pieces tied together in the, in the song. Do you know the, do you know the uh, t-shirt company life is good there? So uh, the t-shirt company is based out of Needham, Massachusetts, and they've for a long time had a, had a uh, philanthropic wing, um, which at one point was called project joy. And now it's the life is good. Um, you know, wing, uh, part of their uh, part of their philanthropy, and um, they run, or for a number of years, they ran the world's greatest backyard athlete contest here in the Boston area. Now I think they do different festivals all over the all over the country. Um, but I, for for three different years, I entered that contest, and one year I came in third, and so I got to know some of the. You know, it's wiffle ball and seed spitting and um, and bocce and I mean, just like you know, really basic backyard uh, kinds of stuff. And so I met uh, Steve Gross, who was uh, one of their one of their good friends from uh, from Needham, and he was running Project Joy, which was a a group of uh, you know helping people who had experienced trauma. And he said to me, you know, when we were talking, he said, you know, I, I like some of your stories. I've been ha- coming up with this idea with, you know, a guy named Ryan Nasseris and Hip Hopopotamus. And, and uh, so I went home that, that day and I just, I just wrote, you know, I wrote that song and it was, a, it was a story at the time. Um, and I was really excited about it and I fired it back off to him and, and uh, he's like, wow, this is really cool. That was really quick. I was like, oh yeah, I was totally jazzed about it. Um, and then we sort of did, the two of us did some research as we were sort of thinking, all right, how, how can we sort of get this out there? And we learned that, you know, maybe six months or a year before that, um, the the Concords, uh, the Flight of the Concords, had, had already used the characters' names. And, you know, neither of us had known this at the time. Neither of us knew them. But, you know, and, it's, and the Flight of the Concords, you know, song, now I know it relatively well, but their song is, is much more for an adult audience, very different style, um, but, but used the exact same character names. So we sort of, you know... We, we we didn't go any further with it. You know, I haven't I haven't talked to Steve in, in a long time, but it was always, you know, a, a story and a song that that I used. You know, when I was teaching high school, I used to tell it to my you know, my high school kids. You know, everyone just thought it was was fun and funny. And then, you know, I think as I had as my own kids were starting to grow up, and I was thinking about, you know, different different issues that are going on. I was like, oh wow, this had you know, even though I wrote it to sort of be more silly. There's a there's a side to the song that that sort of has a um, you know a, a different message to it um, where where yeah there there was there was sort of this ostrac uh, you know ostracization of you know of this young sort of child child rhinoceros and you know and he sort of makes the best of it and finds you know this friend in in the hip hippopotamus and and they actually have a you know a great friendship and and start a great career and I think you know that's kind of 
a message that a lot of a lot of people have in general. Like you know, adversity, you know, something that goes wrong with them in some part of their life opens a door somewhere else, and next thing you know, you've got you know a new experience. And and I think that's what that that song has come to to mean for me now. One of the things about children's music is you, you it can be isolating. You don't know where where people are. Um, but you you gather together in these in these small groups and sing together and you know learn each other's songs and learn some of the traditional songs that you know that you may not have known or that um, you just want a different take on. And so I did that for you know probably a year or two, and then I started hosting them myself. Um, and it was especially good to host because I had my own you know kids, um, and it was much easier to have people come to my house than you know, have my wife take care of my three boys while I was off, you know, singing children's songs with, with other adults. Um, so I'm in my living room and, uh, one of our members, um, was local and she probably showed up about half an hour early, maybe 20 minutes early. And all our trucks were out on the middle of our living room floor. And, um, Luke who has a uh, cerebral palsy himself and was in the, on the couch, just sort of playing with instruments. And Owen was on the floor, you know, playing with trucks, his twin brother, and Owen was making, you know, all kinds of different sounds. And one of the sounds he was making was rumble. Um, and then he also, I think he said, I think it was, it's called rumble, tumble, grumble, because um, those are the first three that he, that he, that he had. And, and so Pat was there. And we just started thinking about all different kinds of, of umble sounds. And, um, and so that's how the chorus came about. Um, the second verse is actually what we first started writing, um, which is, uh, you know, I, I woke up this morning with an empty belly. I went to the kitchen, opened up the fridge, but the fridge is bare. So I put on my boots, had to go across the river on a rickety bridge. It was all just sort of, you know, coming, coming from just sort of this, this place of play, um, in our, um, you know, in my living room. Um, the theme of the, of the, uh, of the song swap that day was actually play because I was, I was, you know, I had a lot of songs from my earlier album called here to play. And so I wanted to make sure that, that the word play, um, was, was there and, and present. Um, and so, you know, rumble, tumble, grumble came out of that. Uh, Owen eventually picked up this little, uh, flute, like a, a recording flute and started playing like this really cool melody. And so that's how it became a minor key song. Um, versus, a, you know, most children's songs are major key. Um, and so originally, you know, it had this really cool flute, you know, uh, on the original recording that I just had on my iPod of Owen playing it, I think he was maybe six, um, you know, this, this little recorder flute. And that sort of um, led into sort of how I wanted to arrange the song um, and, and went from that, so... You know, when when I first started and I was doing, you know, drop-ins, um, you know, I was doing drop-ins with kids who were my kids' age. And so, um, you know, first my wife would come with me and, and, you know, both my twin boys and sometimes my my older older son, you know, now think about them, they're, you know, they're six and two or five and one, and they're all coming together. And really it's turning into being more of an infant-toddler kind of group, and my five and six-year-old is saying, you know, why, why am I here? And, you know, so eventually it just became, well, I'm going to go with, with my twins and my wife is going to stay home and do something else with my older son. Um, and then, you know, it just became 
something that we did week in and week out. Um, when Luke and Owen were four, Luke started playing the piano. Um, it was something that he liked to do. Um, I think because of his cerebral palsy, he's not able to, you know, run and jump and, you know, do all the sports activities that everybody else does. Um, but he has incredible, uh, you know, uh, patience and, uh, you know, attention. And so he would sit on the piano bench. Um, a piano bench was something he could sit on uh, unassisted versus, you know, he, he can't sit on a couch because he'd fall over. He doesn't, he lacks the, the core muscles to, um, you know, to allow him to stay balanced. But on a piano bench, he could hold on to the piano, play, you know, plunk out notes, and it would really be good for his core. Um, his right hand works pretty well, his left hand not so much. But when he was sitting at the piano, he was using both his hands. And we said, wow, this is going to be a really great thing for him, um, you know, uh, muscularly as well as, you know, an activity that he can do. And so we looked around and, and um, you know, found the the – um, the person who does accompanying uh, for the dance program here at Concord Academy, where we live, um, is Ann Silverman, the piano teacher I talked about earlier. And she said, yeah, I'd love to, to teach Luke. And she does, um, she does all different kinds of musical styles. I mean, part of her role as the dance instructor's accompaniment is to do whatever the dance instructor wants at any given moment. And she knows that Luke is not going to learn piano in a, in a very typical way. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be able to use his left hand. He's, he's going to be much slower with his right. So she started teaching him theory and teaching and teaching him ear, you know, stuff about it, you know, working on his ear. And he just, he just became sort of this awesome student. Um, and so his ear is now much, now, now he's almost 10. His ear is much better than mine. Um, you know, he's got, He's he's sort of ingrained all the things that that his you know classical music teacher is is working on, and so I can now play a song in any key and just tell him what's going on, and and he then can fill in wherever he wants to be. And once I realized that, and once we sort of still knew that you know in order for me to go to gigs, sometimes I had to bring Luke. Um, just because the way our family dynamic was, um, that he could really be a, an active part of it. And, you know, when he gets up on stage and he's doing some of the back, you know, the, you know, the, I'm, I'm singing the melody, I'm doing the, the basic guitar part, and he's adding, you know, color commentary, both with his piano and with some of his one-liners. I mean, it is really magical. And, um, you know, it takes, it takes the focus off on me. I mean, I think... You know, you think about all these kindy bands um, that have, you know, four and five number people. You know, it's so fun to sort of look and see different different instruments, different parts, and to have someone who's ten years old be able to, you know, entertain um, was was you know really fun. And he's he's always had a great smile, um, and that's I think been been his, um, you know, access for you know for meeting people is, you know, he's not he. His speech is slow, um, so he's not going to answer quickly to people. But people can, you know, ask him a question or, or say something that makes him smile. And next thing you know, you know, he is, um, you know, he has gotten whoever's talking with him engaged. And um, you know, that's a special gift. When we tend to to talk about our lives, you know, in in sort of a big open spot, we tend to highlight the things that are working out more positively. But absolutely, there are. 
there are plenty of, of you know places and gigs and, and and things that we do that all of a sudden hey it's 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 not you know all peaches and cream. Um, I think one of the things that's true about bringing your kids along to anything you do is they tend to know your jokes and know your know what's supposed to happen each time, and so when it doesn't happen that way. They're sort of the first ones to sort of say, "Wait a second. And, and that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, but let's go with the flow on on, on this particular gig. Um, and Luke's now figured that out, but my other two, um, when they were younger, because they they didn't sort of get the performance piece as much, um, it, it was a little bit harder. In anticipation of my album release, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to sing as many songs as I can. I'm going to theme them. So I did four per day. Um, for I think it was 29 days, maybe it was 28 days, and um, you know I, I tried to pick a word that that all four songs that day would would have that word in it, and that was and then I would try to find a picture in my archives for our family or take a new picture that that sort of encapsulated that word, and I'd throw that out there in the morning and I'd say concert's going to happen at you know 10 this morning or at three this afternoon and. You know, I think uh, just having them as an archive is, is a fun way to go back and 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 see, you know, what what was that life of one month of, of singing all of, and it wasn't even, you know, I think it was, you know, if you look at my website, I think I, I've broken it down into like uh, six or seven different albums, three or four of them have never been recorded. And, you know, so I think every song from my recorded albums are, are that Facebook Live, but then there's a bunch that, you know, I, I've yet to record or, you know, that are still in pro process. The, the best place is, is my website. Um, I started out uh, with the name From Page to Play. Um, uh, my my mother's maiden name is Page, P-A-G-E. And so it was sort of a play on, on, on words there. Um, so F-R-O-M-P-A-G-E-T-O-P-L-A-Y uh, dot com. Um, and, you know, Googling Tim Seston is going to, you know, I'm the only Tim Seston out there, so doing that, you're gonna you're gonna find me. Um, you know, I do pay, post a, a bunch of my songs on Facebook, and so that's a good way to do it. But I've also, I think my website's probably the best place to start, because um, as you said, I, I really try to, you know, my world as a storyteller is to give the backstory as much as I can. Um, and you know, I think one of the things about being a an independent artist is and doing my own, my website myself is. You know, when I have a free moment, I can go back and look at a page and say, oh, you know, I want to tell more about, you know, this particular page. And so, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of content on my website. <laughs> uh, I don't even hear them anymore. Uh, cause it's, so, you know, Concord Academy has, has a, a building, you know, it's a, it was an old chapel. Um, and so it has, it, has a, it has a giant, you know, bell in the center of campus. And uh, the bell rings at any change of classes. And so with, uh, with you know, we're in the lunchtime time. So it happened, I think, at the end of the first half of lunch. And then it's, it happened. So that was 1220. And then at, what, 1235 or 1240, it signaled when the second sort of lunch was going to begin and that break between where kids were going back to classes. And, yeah, so... They, they, happen at, they happen at pretty random times. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me, Mike. Oh, no, thank you, Tim. I really appreciate that conversation. It was a really, really, really good one, meaningful one, even a little bit moving at times. Um, 
I hope that uh, you stuck with it, and I hope that uh, it, it sort of did what I wanted it to do, which was to flow nicely as Tim sort of took us through his career and what he's all about and his new record, On a Roll. And that was Tim's side, and my side was just being really excited to talk to Tim. So imagine me being excited to talk to Tim, and then you'll know how I was feeling. And now here is the title track of Tim Seston's brand new record, On a Roll. The song is called On a Roll, and I think you'll have a new understanding for everything that's going on in this song. Thanks again, Tim, for being so awesome. The best. Okay, talk to you soon. Stop on tour down on Cape Cod. We'll catch some fish with my new rod. Cook up a feast, the fire's bright. We'll sing my song all day and night. I'm on a roll, I'm a star on the stage playing tambourine. I'm on a roll down the hill by the river where the grass is green. Rolling Stone Next stop on tour New York, New York In Chinatown Eat Mushu Port Play Central Park A nice big crowd We'll rock and roll and roll and roll and roll and roll But not too loud Here's what I crave, if you so please, come sing my song, eat steak and cheese. I'm on a roll, I'm a star on the stage playing tambourine. I'm on a roll down the hill by the river where the grass is green. I'm on a roll, not a bagel or a muffin or a butter and scone. I'm on a roll in my chair on adventures like a rolling stone. Last stop on tour, the White House lawn. We'll camp all night and sing till dawn. Eat brunch, talk politics, but that's not all. One final concert out on the mall. I'm on a roll, I'm a star on the stage playing tambourine. Rolling stone. I'm on a roll, on a 
in my chair on adventures like a rolling stone. Stuff.